Scott Gillen. I've lived here since July 3rd, 1993, and I moved here from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. Broadly, would you say there is a music scene in Portland? Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, would you say you are part of that music scene? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Could you describe that music scene in a broad, the broadest sense? In the broadest sense? In the broadest sense, if someone said, hey, I've never been to Portland, what's the music scene like? Well, uh, it's, that's as difficult a question to answer as it was in when I moved here in 1993. To me, there's always been kind of two distinct uh, and this is just from my, my personal taste, but there's always been two distinct uh, like Portland scenes. There's the hippie vibe thing, you know, which includes like jam bands before they were even called that in the 90s, but, you know, jam bands, bluegrass bands, stuff like that. Then you have the rock scene, which I think Portland is maybe more well known for from because it was you know, all the punk rock stuff so when i moved here in 93 there those were the two main things now 25 years later the it's it, there's fewer venues and i think that there's a lot less there seems to be a lot less uh bands that are trying to make make it big but there's a lot of bands who are playing pretty regularly locally and maybe tour every once in a while but there's not the uh there's not all the record labels and stuff that there were and there's there was the, now that there's no music industry like there was in 93 the music scene here i think is best described as just disparate it's all over the place i mean there's a strong hip-hop scene that i really know nothing about I've, i rarely go to any live shows or house parties there's house parties for all different kinds of music in lieu of the a lot of venues closing but there's portland's always had a strong hippie element big time blues scene for older players and maybe in the suburbs and rock or metal and encompassing punk too has always been pretty strong so portland's got a lot of different types of music in its music scene and it's active for the, a city this size i think there's there's got to be <laughs> more bands per capita here than in other cities of equivalent population, I would say. So outside of your scene, are there any of those other subcults, sub subsets of the Portland music scene that you have um, positive or negative feelings towards in any way? Envious uh, or loathing wise? Loathing wise? No. Um, I've always been, 
I've always been dubious of the whole blues scene. Because it seems like there's a lot of people that gig regularly. People older than me that, that gig regularly in the blues scene. But it's blues. And after a while, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's, that's the, for people that are musicians, it's kind of like the rudimentary entry level jam thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, there's no, I, I would never say, oh, hey, let's go to, let's go to this uh, blues show. But as far as loathing it, no. I mean, I, I respect that there's people doing what I do as semi-professionally as a musician. There's the equivalent of that in the blues scene. Yeah. They just are older and, you know, have been playing a lot longer than, than me. But as far as a loathing for any particular scene, mm, no, not, not really. I mean... Maybe there's, maybe there's modern country being produced here, and there's somebody that's you know hitting it hard or whatever, with that, that country hop or whatever that shit is, but I don't encounter them because I, I'm playing all the time. So no, I don't I don't have any loathing toward any of the other subsets. I don't think. <laughs> well. So do you think that amongst all those subsets, though, do you think there's a something that could be broken down as being thought of as a Portland sound? I think that that was definitely true in the 90s when I moved here. Far more than it is now. But I think that I, I don't know that I can speak on that with any authority currently. But definitely in the 90s, all the way up to basically the, the millennium, there were a lot of bands that were, in, that were kind of related to the, the grunge thing, the Seattle thing. But uh, it, was, it, was a little, it was a little darker, a little moodier, not as, uh, not as polished or sophisticated that I, that I enjoyed back then. Um, so, yeah, I think that there was more of Portland sound back when, you know, Elliot Smith was in Heat Miser or Pond was playing or, uh, uh, well, there were, there, were, there were tons of them. Gravel Pit, I saw a bunch of times. Um, bands that would go on to do no nothing other than be huge in the Portland scene, like Sweaty Nipples. They were like contemporaries with like... Uh, Bungle and that kind of thing. They would tour with Bungle. Crazy, like weird ska metal, you know, stuff like that. And I think that there was an element of that that was definitely Portland. But Portland's always had kind of a gloomy vibe to it. And and in the way, and similarly, how uh, Seattle's grunge stuff is like looked at as being kind of gloomy and reflective of the the weather and everybody's mood in the in the 90s yeah there was a, definitely a portland sound and vibe 
that other bands that weren't from Portland kind of caught perfectly and encapsulated perfectly, which is probably why fucking Pavement moved here, for one thing. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess now speaking contemporarily, I, I don't, I don't think I could really put my finger on that because, I, I mean, Portugal the man, I mean, they're Portland, but they're not even really from Portland. That modest mouse guy lives here, but I don't consider them to be Portland. The Decemberists, maybe. I mean, they're straight up Portland, right? Yeah, I guess so. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there. I can't speak to there being a, a definitive Portland sound, but. Well, do you think though that is there like a modern, contemporary Portland vibe? Maybe, if you can tell that it's different than what it used to be. Yeah. So what would that be? Hmm. Not as gloomy. Not as not as gloomy. I think maybe i don't know it's hard to, it's hard for me to make the comparison because in the 90s i was you know in my 20s yeah. and now i'm almost 50 yeah so it's not like i don't i don't look at it the same way because it, it's not it isn't the same way yeah so i mean i i would i guess because i'm in a better place i would think that it's not as a not as gloomy. Uh, I mean, I can't remember the last time I, I was like, oh, I want to go listen to, uh, <laughs> I want to I go listen to uh, Quasi's second album. And I mean, I love them. That's what I, in, in the, you know, in the 90s, it was like, I moved here and it was like, there, there were shows every night all over the place, different clubs. It, it was crazy. But now I can't even, I don't even have any perspective on that. Well, do you think you could tell, though, that back then it was perhaps easier to survive solely as just being a Portland musician as compared today? Uh, yeah, probably. Because, I mean, you could, you could rent an apartment for, you know, with four people for $500 a month. Uh-huh. And then... If it had a, if it was a house, a rental house with a basement, you could have the jam space down there. Many, many bands were doing that when I moved here. We did that. The first band that I basically thought up and created, we played every Friday night because we didn't know anybody. We knew each other from college, but our circle of friends wasn't all that expanded. Mm-hmm. And we would just, and none of us had any money, so we would, we would just jam. And I mean every Friday night for like two years <laughs> until we started actually playing. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it was probably easier to be a full-time musician then because of the cheap rents and because, I mean, there, were, there, were, there was housing and stuff. And there were places to play, you know, um, if you were... If you were just starting out or just just starting a, a band, and it was like a rock band or whatever, there were places where you, you could play on a Tuesday with two other bands or three other bands. And people would come see you because there was nothing else to do. 
I mean, you could watch TV, but I mean, there was no, there was no internet. It wasn't like you could stream everything in the world that you've ever thought of mm-hmm. like you can now. So I think that it was, I think that it was definitely easier for that to be the case, that that was definitely the case. And the, the Portland as a, as a, population center was was more amenable to that it was easier to do that i mean do you think there's people who are portland musicians who are surviving solely on music here today yeah oh i know i know there are but it's you know you're looking at somebody like um you know like like louis is probably the the foremost example that i can think of i mean he's booking the he's booking the thirst he's playing in like four different bands and he's playing all the time. There's another guy that I know, uh, David Langenis, who's the guitar player in uh, for the Karaoke from Hell band. Yeah. He does a lot of different stuff and is gigging all the time. I don't know if he's as busy as he was, but at one point I remember having a conversation with him where he was, he was in seven bands. <laughs> seven. And they were all playing. So, I mean, he was, he was just like, oh, man, if I'm not on my way to a gig, I'm coming from a gig. And then I probably have another one later. I mean, it was just crazy. And then I guess to an extent the, uh, that you would have to include like wedding bands, like the, that blue line band that's booked by the, by this guy, Trent, the guy that played with Tracewell at Fest, the two duo, the duo like two years ago. Okay. So he is like the local franchisee. He's from, he's, he's from Nashville. He's like a super pro player. But he is like the, the uh, music director, booking agent, manager of Blue Line, which is like an events band, like weddings, corporate events, all that. And uh, I, I think you could make a living doing that. Yeah. Um, but as far as like a full time thing, there's I don't I don't see how you could really do it in in Portland anymore. Because it used to be that I would think you could probably have done it in Portland. And there were people that did it all through the 90s up until probably 2005 or whatever. Um, you, you, could, you could definitely do it, but it took some, it took some hustling. And, you, and you, you know, eventually you'd have to tour. And I know that a lot of bands of that level or that, that, that back then and probably now would go to Europe. They would play in Portland occasionally, maybe play up and down the West Coast, but then would just go to Europe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you can make a living at it. You could, but... Well... It, it would be hard now. If you were in a position to sacrifice your... Uh, self-purported definition of artistic integrity for a well-paying steady music gig mm. is that something you would consider if that was my full-time job and yeah. i didn't have a day job yeah oh fuck yeah yeah absolutely so, so then would you say that you have artistic integrity as a musician no i, I do have artistic integrity yeah absolutely but you want to pay the bills of course. And I'm not the type of musician that's, I, I long ago figured out that I'm, I'm not a, uh, 
I'm not a song writer. I'm not, I'm a really good song editor and I'm good at uh, like hearing what somebody's idea is and helping them flesh it out or what have you. But I've never had like a grand artistic statement to make. And I've never really thought of myself as a musician that does that. I'm, I'm like a, I'm a specialist, but I, I'm as a, as a base, as a bassist, I have to know what's up with like lots of different styles. And if that means that I can get a gig playing a, playing a, with a wedding band, fuck yeah. I have no problem doing that. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think that that and artistic integrity are, are mutually exclusive. Gotcha. Um, so if there were, if you could snap your fingers, what would you make different about the Portland music scene right now? More venues, more venues, better parking for musicians or just parking for musicians for musician loading zones. That would be huge, huge. And they should have it in Portland, goddammit. Mm-hmm. But what would I change? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm as the scene as it is now is. I, I'm, I'm quite happy with how if things my musical career has turned out over the last few years. Well, would you say that the Portland scene in general, though? Would you say it's, I mean, better or more thriving now than it was in the nineties? Or I mean, uh, you... yeah, that I don't know. I mean, it was certainly more. It seemed like it was more thriving back then because I was just going out all the time and I was seeing lots of different bands and discovering bands opening for national touring acts that I, I don't think I ever would have encountered. Yeah. But that's because I was going to places like Satyricon or the X-Ray Cafe or the Balcony at La Luna that would have shows like that of that size. Later, like the, you know, the Tonic was another place like that that would have multiple local band bills and that sort of thing. But those places are getting harder and harder to to find. And I don't go out that much because I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing a lot. So, and when I'm not playing, I, I generally don't want to go out anymore as a 15-year-old well, person. Regardless of yourself, why do you think that it's hard that some of those places aren't surviving anymore? Do you think it's because people aren't necessarily supportive of the local music scene here? I think that's part of it, but I also think that with the internet and with the fact that you can get GarageBand and, you know, rudimentally fuck around, even if you have no musical knowledge or skill whatsoever, you can, you can do that yourself and put it online and don't have to even play gigs you don't have you don't have to do that now and there's a but there's also there's a lot more people who are playing instruments badly out 
live. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's a lot more guitars and there's a lot more there's just a lot more bad music because people haven't been doing it that long. And yeah. you know, that's that's so yeah, I think I think 20 years ago when I was hungry and bored and going out and partying a lot, it sure seemed more thriving, but well, would you say now that like you take pride in being like a Portland musician? Is that like a label that you've ever put on yourself? Well, no, but I mean, yeah, I'm 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 proud of it. I I I'm totally down with it. Well, I mean, like when we go up to uh, into Washington, mm-hmm. you know, we're from we're from Portland. We're not from Seattle. We're not from Bellingham or Olympia or whatever. And the fact that you know we're from Portland, it's like I mean, it's it's a fucking yeah. I'm I'm I, I'm proud to be from Portland. I'm proud to be a Portland musician. Same thing going out of Eugene. It's like yeah, man, we'll show you fuckers how it's how it's done. What's your favorite place you've ever played music in Portland? Hmm. Well, the Wonder Ballroom on a sold-out night, that's probably close. Jeez. I mean, I I, I really like playing at the Mission. Yeah. I love playing at the Mission. And, uh... And I love playing at the Thirst. But I like playing at the Good Foot a lot too. For me, the Good Foot is like evocative of that old school Portland because there's no stage, the low ceiling, and and well, we've talked about this that people just show up to fucking rage there. Yeah, they show up to dance and drink and get stoned and then party. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite places. Anywhere where the energy is like that massive um but in portland itself the mission for sure i mean no question that's like the optimal room to play but for different reasons like the thirst is is one of my favorites too because it's it's super intimate and i've seen so many bands there for the last 25 years and seen some amazing things there that but that's also the first place that I went when I moved here. My friend, my friend uh, was like, okay, we're going to go see the tree frogs at the Laurel Thirst. And I was like, what's the Laurel Thirst? Oh, that's a pub. You'll love it. And at the time, they didn't have, they just had beer and wine. So, of course, just having moved here like two weeks ago, I was still just dazzled by micro brews in general and the fact that a place would have you know, 15 different beers, none of which I tried. It was, it was pretty amazing. But I walked into the thirst right as the tree frogs were starting eyes of the world. And I was like, okay, I think I'm in the right place here. And that was it. What's your least favorite place that you've ever played or play? The analog pretty much sucked. Didn't like the analog at all. Still don't. <laughs> For what reasons? Uh, just it's just skeezy. Uh, just everything. It seemed as though it was kind of thrown together. 
nothing. I mean, the PA system and everything was fine, but it just it it, it, it just seemed icky. Like the people working there. I mean, obviously they didn't give a fuck, and they're like over-serving people, and people would just get fucking hammered there. But yeah, that that the 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 analog, and I I did not like playing at the Tonic, the Tonic Lounge. Even though you liked seeing shows there, I love seeing shows there, but playing there, mm-mm, different different story altogether. And it's just because, you know, typically when I would play there, I would be in like a, a hippie band or whatever. Like we did a KBU fundraiser there. And the people there are like tolerant of it. <laughs> but you can tell they're, they are not into it. It's like when the joke is like when Shafty plays at the Star, Star makes a lot of money. Place is packed. However, everybody there except Count, the sound guy, everybody there hates fucking fish hates the fish heads but they tolerate it and they put up with it but it's just hilarious it's like what you know they just they have to they have to capitulate to it because they're making the they're making the cash um (laughs) what's your favorite place to see music or have seen music the thirst would be up there might even be number one um the Schnitz, that's probably my favorite of all venues. Schnitz. And I like, oh, can I say for favorite venue to play? The, can I add to that? Yes. Crystal. Crystal Ballroom. Even though the sound in there is shit, and I've had some really terrible times at shows there. Yeah. Horrible. Playing on that stage, though? Unbelievable. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Um what what's your least favorite places worst places you've seen music to see music the the no when it was up on Al, up on alberta yeah why uh it was just it was it was just punishingly loud yeah small too small yeah punishingly loud menacingly loud um and just kind of the attitude of the of some of the people there. It was like it was pretty, it's pretty hipsterish. Just kind of too cool for school kind of stuff. Yeah. But again, all of this I have to have to mention that like when I was going to music a lot and going out a lot, I was also drinking a lot. <laughs> so I guess I'm I'm trying to reach back in, in memories that that probably are associated with that too that's true i appreciate that (laughs) um what's what's your most disastrous portland gig or not necessarily disastrous but the one you most want to forget Hmm. boy i don't know i'd have to go way back to that oh i was playing with earl and the reggae all-stars which was like earl was the singer legit guy Jamaican and was a very charismatic guy but didn't have a whole lot of musical knowledge luckily for him the musicians that he had like knew the reggae shit and could basically make shit up on the spot 
and they were good because you know it's it's reggae everything's cool arrangements can fall together quite easily but there was a show we played at the jolly roger you know where that is on it's like right on hawthorne and like Uh, 16th oh okay yeah i don't it's not even it's where the it's right next to where that big food cart pod is yeah it might not even be there anymore maybe it is they definitely don't have shows there but I saw him, he was, he was, he was absolutely using the, uh, his front man status to like scam chicks basically. And was like throwing game at women that were there with their boyfriends or hanging out. Just, just horribly. So, I mean, it was uncomfortable, like trying to get them to dance or singing to them or whatever. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty embarrassing. And in those instances, those are the gigs that I was just like, oh my God, just make this stop. I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to play with this in this situation again. This is horrible. What about all time favorite gig or gigs? One of the best was, uh, I played with the Buds of May at the Mount Tabor Theater. And it was a fundraiser for City Repair, the uh, the people that beautify, that that paint the like the sunflower paintings on the in the intersections and have like all the trippy cobblestone stuff. Yeah. They used to do that, and uh, it's not bedazzling, but uh, beatifying uh, the the intersections yeah. or vacant lots or whatever, and. So we got asked to do a, a benefit for them, and every and the buds of May were like, "No, no, we don't do benefits." I'm like, "No, no, 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 we have to do that for city repair. What they do is really pretty valuable. We should absolutely do it." And that gig <laughs> was over the top. It was an incredible night. None of us could we couldn't make any mistakes, and it, I think that. Uh, at one point, I, I might have actually turned around and said that to the band because we were hitting everything. All the harmonies were great. It was super tight. It was a packed house. We made a ton of money for the for City Repair. And it was just one of those transcendent experiences playing music. Like every once in a while, you'll have the completely transportive experience where you, it's not like you leave your body, but you're not really aware of your body or even the surroundings when music just completely envelops everything and you're one with the sound. You're not thinking about it. It's not, it's not math. It's not muscle memory or any of that. That was one of those gigs where you can't make a mistake. And the, the part of it, though, is, I mean, the late Danny East was, he was a super charismatic singer. He, the opposite of what, like, Earl from Earl and the Reggae All-Stars was. And that night he was, he was on fire. It was, it was like performing with Steve Martin. It, it was, you know, just as far as, like, that sort of 
charisma, interacting with the audience, introducing songs, and then singing spectacularly. It was it was unbelievable. That was one of those nights when I think it's Robert Fripp that says sometimes if we're lucky, music can will take us into its confidence. And that was one of those nights. That was definitely one of those nights. I've always liked that that description. Are there any other places other than Portland that you could see yourself uh, sort of existing in the same kind of... Same kind of scene? Yeah. Same, same kind, kind of, of musical, musical experience? Yeah. Uh, I've heard Asheville is similar. I've North never Ca- been there. North Carolina, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I've never been there, but I've, I've heard that it's very similar. It's probably smaller. Maybe Denver. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if I could afford to live there, San Francisco, the Bay Area, no, no question. I would be totally into that. Totally down with that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I just can't really even picture myself moving somewhere where I couldn't join a band like pretty rapidly. Yeah. So I mean, I can't like move back to my hometown because there's, I mean, there's bands there and there's a scene, but it would be tough. It'd be really tough. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Um, would you say that um, the city in general, the community, is supportive to local musicians? Abs- yeah. Oh, no question. Yeah. Yeah. They all. It always has been. I think that that's a selling point of Portland is that there is live music. If you, if I was visiting Portland from Chicago. I mean, well, Chicago is a good example. Chicago is fucking huge. And I have friends that have been playing music there professionally. I have one friend who's been playing music there professionally since college, since I moved out here. But he's able to survive and earn a living playing in Chicago because he's got like a solo gig every Saturday night at a wine bar, right? Or he plays you know, wedding gigs, or he does work on commercials or does studio stuff. But it's like the wedding gig and that winery gig or the wine bar gig. That's how he earns his living. If somebody from Chicago came here to visit, I mean, on, on a, on a, on a weekend night, there's a lot of different options depending on how far you want to Uber or what kind of music you want to see, or if you just, you know, randomly take a chance and go to some shithole bar where there's a band you've never heard of playing their first gig, you could do that. Um, but as far as, uh, Oh, being supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in the, well, particularly in the summertime, like anytime there's any sort of, uh, like a marathon or uh, any sort of event, like a like the neighborhood street fair or whatever. There's always bands, always. Yeah. yeah. And some some of them, like I mean, the Mississippi Street Fair, which is the same weekend as the Country Fair, 
is like a music festival after 4 p.m. There's mm. bands all over the place, all up and down that street. So, yeah, I, I think that the city is supportive of it. Now, they're that with that unreinforced masonry bullshit that's happening, they seem to be taking a step uh, away from that and seem to be uh, kind of wanting to do what Austin has done and limit where you can have venues and have noise ordinances and stuff will undoubtedly be next because of all the giant apartment buildings going up everywhere. But for the most part, I think it's always been a, a matter of common knowledge that Portland's got a, a strong music scene. And there, if you go to an event, it doesn't matter what kind of event or what time of day it is. There's probably going to be music, yeah. live music. 